This time on episode 337 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 4, Out of the Past, and your feedback. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Executive Consultant Steven. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, June 18th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast timeline-wide via www.geeks.live, even before there was an internet, Al Gore. Come and join our live chat as we record. Guys, happy National Go Fishing Day. I went with I went fishing with my grandfather a couple of times and I actually caught a fish and he put it in an ice bucket and I didn't think anything of it. And then years later he passed and he had one of those huge freezers down in the basement, you know, one of those big ones where you can like hide a body. <laughs> That's your go to, right? It's a yes. chest freezer and yeah. not that you can actually store a side of beef or anything that you can hide a body in i want people to understand the length of it okay it's wasn't it was one of them anyway my grandmother was cleaning it out and she finds this bucket and she's just like what is this and she takes it out and she opens it up and it's the fish i caught wow how long it had been in there a good four years (laughs) okay little freezer burnt (laughs) yes but that was his way of Remembering his time with you. Yes. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I unfortunately have not been fishing yet this year. Of course, my family has a lake home and a vacation home, and I have not been able to go because of social distancing and travel and stuff like that. But I know this weekend my parents will be there and probably they will be fishing. So my thoughts will be with them this weekend. I'm nowhere near any water, so I can't go fishing. I was going to mention the fact that <laughs> you have not said anything about fishing, and yet you live on an island. I, I have a confession. I, I don't care for fish. It's healthy for you. I know, I know, but I, it's, I live on an island, and I don't care for fish. Uh, it's, I should be banished from the island. What about crab? I know there's a lot of crab out your way. I'm not a big seafood guy in general, if I'm being honest. No shrimp? Shrimp's okay. I could do shrimp. Okay. Because I know there's shrimp around your area. I follow a sailboat channel that they actually trap shrimp and they have it. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I prefer to go to the frozen aisle of the store. That's where I get my shrimp from, which probably comes from your neck of the woods. I don't know where it comes from, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get on with the rest of the show now that we're done talking about fish. But if you haven't gone fishing lately, you should probably go fishing. It's a nice pastime, especially if you catch and release. Anyway. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of paper umbrellas. You'd like to talk to us about those little bitty meaningless umbrellas that you put in your drink. You can find our contact information on our website, legendsofshield.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail about your woes of the day, you can do so by calling 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you need a sympathetic ear to talk to in lieu of a bartender, you can find our Facebook page and leave us a comment at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can uh, leave us, you know, bartending advice on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can leave a comment about how to make your favorite drink on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geek. And you can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. 
And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GuineaGeek.com network, and we do have hidden ways to communicate to the Zephyr in our bar drawer. Steven, we've introduced you before in the intro of the show. You are executive consultant, Steven, which I let slide because you are indeed the network owner of the GuineaGeek.com network. You can't invite me on one of your podcasts and not expect me to screw up your script. What script? <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, yes, I, I am the Guinea Geek Network owner, but the biggest question that I have is, where do I place my phone to do this podcast? Because obviously it's involved with the drawer. Uh, there must be a different way that I have to put my phone down to communicate with you guys after this last episode. No microphone, right? No, we don't use microphones. We don't use radios. We use old style dial-up. Matter of fact, in the pre-show, we were talking about the AOL 9.0 CDs that were sent out. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you inviting me on this week. It's always fun to be on this podcast. And it's so sad that this series is going to be ending this year. So I'm glad I could get on for one last time. Nine episodes left. And by the way, Agent Lauren couldn't be with us tonight. She's actually getting her back taken care of medically right now. So we hope to have her back next week. And Agent Haley, I know there's a big suspense about this. Agent Haley is actually going to Roswell today to figure out if that was the location of last week's episode or if that was Grim Lake. Are you serious? Yeah, there was a big discussion on the podcast, and she really wants to know if it was Roswell or Grim Lake. That is incredible. I missed that. Uh, that is, that's awesome. Yeah, that and the fact that it was probably in some shooting lot in California, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> Can I just make a correction to something that I just said that I know somebody probably will misunderstood what I said? I said that the series is ending, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was referring to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. My understanding is Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. has many more years ahead of it. It's correct? kind of you to think of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a series, <laughs> but no, yeah, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not going away. Matter of fact, right after this, we're going to be delving into Luke Cage Season 2 to try to get the Defenders Netflix series out of our way before the Disney series come on with uh, i forget what that do you know what the first one is michelle that's coming out on disney well it was supposed to be this fall but i don't think so anymore because i don't think they're finished right but you know what the first series was scheduled to be it was supposed to be i think falcon and winter soldier okay so yeah we'll be covering those when they come out for sure so we got plenty of content to keep us busy for quite some time and if we do run out of that, there's a lot of cartoons that I'm told that we should probably cover. So no, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not going anywhere. So you don't have to worry about filling our programming slot on the Guinea Geek Network, Stephen. It will get a little bit less confusing for me, though, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does wrap up, because I went to Google something to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I accidentally Googled Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So And you found exactly what you were looking for, didn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right, on that note, what we're going to do is we're actually going to talk about the episode that we all watched last night, Out of the Past. ABC broadcast last night on June 17, 2020, Season 7, Episode 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. called Out of the Past. The episode was directed by Gary A. Brown, who has seven directing credits starting in 1985 including one episode of Who's the Boss, one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, two episodes of Prison Break, and ten, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Michelle, who wrote the episode? This episode was written by uh, Mark Leitner, has three writing credits starting in 2013, including one Spartacus, two Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and three Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It comes up from time to time and we talk about agents of shield slingshot do you remember watching that michelle yes yeah it was the webisodes that were including our yo-yo yes they were so the episode is titled out of the past and out of the past we relate the theme of the episode to the title of the episode michelle what is the theme of the episode based on the title of the episode well on the surface i mean obviously we're in the past but when I come to think of it, they took Sousa out of the past and brought him into the future. 
So Back to the Future? No. Is this part two? No. Part three? No. Oh, just out of the past, huh? Yes. All right. Yeah. That was something that I kind of thought was going to happen is that they were going to bring Suze along with us. And we never saw the face of the person in the promos that was going into the pool. So I wasn't entirely surprised, but I got to tell you, I am stoked about this. I don't know what it means, but it's going to be fun having Suze along for the ride. Steven, what did you think about that? Yeah, I have to say, I think out of the past, the title was clearly a setup towards what you just talked about. But I think that when we look at the overall theme, the other thing that is out of the past is the um, delivery of the content. The content was created in a style that is out of the past with the inner monologue and the black and white. So I think that that's also where it applies to the theme. I think we would title that like the detective noir genre. Oh gosh, it's film noir. This was, oh my goodness. I loved the beginning of it, the voiceover and him getting shot and falling into the pool that is straight Sunset Boulevard. And Sunset Boulevard is told as a flashback, the writer who ends up dying. This film is over 50, is 50 years old. So, yeah. And it's that constant, you know, voiceover and, and everything. And that's also a, a key part of, you know, 1950s film noir type of things. So this really like if I, I was such a fan of that genre where it's like Maltese Falcon and Shadow of a Doubt, Double Nimity, and I will stop now. For me, it was fun and I liked it. It's interesting. I wonder how others took it. I love having you on the show, Michelle, because you delve into the history of film every once. This is the second reference you've made this season that I can remember. The first, of course, was the Serpentine reference that you made. And, and this is so that that is awesome. So, Stephen, what did you think of the whole film noir? It took me a minute. I've had a bit of an issue with the intros in general this year. It's not giving me those usual chills that I get from the usual Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. title card and whatnot. And when I first saw it, I was a little put off because, it, again, the intros aren't doing it for me. And then when it continued, I was like, OK, I'm ready to get over this. Can we go back to normal delivery? And then about three minutes in, I was all in. I, it, it took me a bit to get there. And then I just loved it after after about three minutes or so. So last week, we pontificated the fact that this might have been an entrance with Coulson getting hit with the EMP in his eyes and stuff. It might have been the entrance for Ghost Rider. We do know that Ghost Rider is going to be in this season because they talked about it in a news story last year that I dug up for the show notes uh, last week. But it was not Ghost Rider. It was to go to black and white, and he was doing the inner monologue as the IMD and or LMD, not IMD. That was an interesting way to do the inner monologue because they brought it up as a mechanical malfunction for him. So it was actually happening. We still have Ghost Rider coming up. I can't wait for how we get Ghost Rider. So, Stephen, if you didn't have a chance to listen to the last week's episode, what the thinking was is that the brain scan was from the framework and that his eye color changed from white to orange in the so it was thinking that the framework mind of Coulson had the deal with Ghost Rider still in it. So that was the thought that he might turn into Ghost Rider this week. That didn't happen. It was just film noir. So good on you, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. producers and writers. You did a good one there. Now, Coulson is the history teacher. We talked about that before this season, and he's been reliving history moment after history moment. He gets a big one here. Now, it's not worldwide famous, but it is famous within S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the death of Sousa, and he gets to personally be involved with it, just like he was personally involved with FDR. I think it's kind of neat that the way they're bringing Coulson through the history and, and making him actually inject himself into these events. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that this is something that we need from the Coulson character is to be invested in some of this past shield lore and whatnot, just because of the fact that there's been some rough patches with this character that came from the movies. We've seen some weird head scratching moments and to see him used in these different ways that are part of shield lore. And yes, of course it's being introduced and written just this season. I just think it's cool because it helps put him it, he has a strong, um, a bigger stronghold now in the history of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I like it. I think it's cool. 
A lot of people were saying last week's episode was phenomenal, that it was their favorite of all time. How do you think this episode stacked up in comparison to that? While I enjoyed it, it didn't have the team chemistry as it did last week. We had some very interesting pairings going on, like with Yo-Yo and Deke. And I like how what happened in the earlier episode came back for Deke. But we had the running thing about going to Enoch and the treatment of Enoch, which I'm sure we're going to get into more detail in a bit. But I do prefer last week's because, again, we didn't have like the team chemistry this time. I completely agree, Michelle. You talked about my feedback after episode one and two, and I I had some issues with episode one and two. However, three, I was so glad that I stuck through because I thought three was really good. And what I loved about it was the team chemistry. But what I have to say is while episode three of this season did a better job of giving us the feel that we know from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I thought this episode, episode four, gave us a better feel to the era of Agent Carter. So I thought that it uh, was a better callback to Agent Carter, especially with the Sousa character. So I thought that was better in that regard. But yeah, episode three was better. I do like the way that they are closing off the Sousa storyline. It is the only part so far of Agent Carter that we're closing off. And, and, And Sousa is now dead in the timeline. And they can't go backwards in timeline, at least not yet, maybe not ever. So I I don't think we're going to get to relive any more of Agent Carter, which is really kind of disappointing because it would have been great seeing Haley Atwell. And if Haley Atwell was on set at any point in time, it would have been a big spoiler. I don't think they could have kept that secret for a year or so. But it is good to finally put a pin on that whole series because it did end with kind of a cliffhanger. They have tried to sweep that under the rug a little bit with different storylines integrated into the MCU here and there. And I think this finally puts that all to bed, which is pretty good. Now you brought up Enoch, Michelle, you brought up the fact that his story is kind of disjointed. He had, this is not the first time he's had to play second fiddle as the main crew goes about and does their business. It was really sad listening to just about everybody, but Deke try to communicate with him on the phone. And all they wanted to do was call the bus. And none of them, except for Deke, wanted to do anything. And by the time it got around to Deke, he was just in the mode of, okay, I I will patch you through. And he must have known he wouldn't be able to catch up with everybody. It was just sad. And I don't think him being alone this time in this time jump is going to end really well because he was mentioning he was alone. He probably is a little depressed. I don't know. I worry about Enoch this time around. I am too. Man, it hurts when you have people you care about basically brush you off. They didn't really even take the time of, because when, when Coulson made the call, he was a little surprised that Enoch answered because he was calling. He knew it was a shield safe house. He didn't know if Enoch was going to be there or not. But I was like, okay, Enoch, great. Hey, have you been able to figure this out? Can you pass me? Not like, oh my goodness. Not like like two minutes, not like even a minute of like, oh my goodness, I'm glad you're here. We're really far away. Are you okay? Just a simple like, are you okay? You know, a quick this and going, you know, Enoch, we're 3,000 miles away. We don't know if we have time, but we're really glad you're safe. We're really glad you're here. Can you help us? Just being able to frame it that way instead of, oh, hey, Enoch, you're here. Great. Now you can make this easier for us. That was just. Ouch. So I'm a little on the fence here because I agree with what you said about that. And I have a few moments from this that I'm calling sort of the two second moments where, you know, it's just kind of like they spend two seconds on on something that I think should have been expanded on. And that is absolutely one. I don't like how there was no care to Enoch at all. However, I have to say my thoughts are that the use of Enoch this year has been incredible. And I think that this is another amazing example, because not only are we seeing him in some weird situations like he's a bartender, like I just laughed when he first came on the screen and he's just having the conversation with a guy at the same guy at the bar over and over. And, you know, he just doesn't care at all. 
But why I say it's amazing is because we feel for Enoch. I felt that Enoch has generally been a one-dimensional character, and he was cool at first, but then it was just like they didn't do anything with him, and he stuck the same path. And so the fact that we're feeling anything for him right now, from an audience perspective, I think it's an amazing use. I enjoy seeing him on the screen every single time. It's great seeing Enoch and seeing his character development go forward and uh, the fact that he is acting as a bartender. Of course, he's had a couple of decades of experience. Now, I had a question going into this that I think I solved on my second viewing through, but one was how did Colson know Enoch was in the crazy canoe and where is the crazy canoe and, and how did Colson know the phone number? I think I solved it because I was watching it the second time and there's a couple of shots where it shows Enoch looking at the counter instead of looking out at the bar and you see the rest of the bar. And to me, it looks like it's the same shot as the speakeasy before. So I think I solved that for myself and it's just under new management, new name or something like that. And then probably kept the same phone number as businesses often did back then. But how did Colson really know that Enoch was at the crazy canoe? He didn't. He was surprised. He had that moment of, oh, Enoch. Okay, great. Yeah. Didn't he say something to the effect of, I think I know where to call or something like that? Yeah, because Colson is the nerd and it's great. And of course, he knows all the numbers of the safe houses. Or at least he knows that this was the first shield safe house. So it would have been there. Okay. And my theory on that is because he's an LMD, he might have forgotten that as you know, human Colson, because it was maybe one page in a history book that he read when he first got into S.H.I.E.L.D., but as an LMD, he probably has, like, a, a memory of everything in the life. That's my thoughts on that. All right. Another mystery that we've had so far this season is what's going on with May. I was really, we were really concerned about what was going on with May. Is she was human? Is she not? We saw that she experienced emotion, which was probably not a Comic-Con last time around, but still there was something going on with May. I mean, I don't, I think we still don't know the full story, but they're starting to figure it out. And she started feeling emotion, but it was kind of odd how it first came about. Right, Stephen? I loved how we first saw it because we haven't seen any emotion from May this season at all. There's been nothing. It's been flat. And then we get it based off of an artifact, uh, such a non-May thing at all. And she's giddy. She's just a young sort of giddy about a piece of or about an artifact. And I like how that came in because it was it threw you for a loop. And then there was such a clear explanation. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Do we know? What that artifact was, is that something I didn't recognize it? I, I don't understand what that was, but they were all guying over it. Does anybody remember what it was? It's a big hunk of metal. Is it what they made Captain America's shield out of? <gasps> oh, so vibranium? Maybe. No, because Cap's shield would have been before this. Yes, it was World War II. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So we're 19. Yeah, we're 1950s. I don't know. They, she called it like a Rosetta Stone or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's a plot device for a future episode. I think so. No, do they? No, they gave it to Howard Stark, which they did have a name drop of Howard Stark. They didn't use any of the actors that have played Howard Stark, but they did have a name drop of Howard Stark. But we might we might get the payoff from just to jump ahead. The fact that there is still uh, a chronicon. I can't say it right. Chronicom. Chronicom. Thank you. There's still a chronicom there. And so maybe they will go and do something with that artifact. And we'll see that later. They've been pretty good about not forgetting stuff like just in this episode. I mentioned before that when they dropped off Malik that he said he owed Deke and Mac something, and he actually paid that off in this episode. I knew it was going to come out at some point, and I'm grateful that they didn't just drop that and forget it, the showrunners. So uh, that was good to see, but now the debt has been paid, and Deke's got to watch his back. I thought that was funny how they grabbed him because they thought he had the package. We thought Hydra captured him because he's a powerful mind and that's how he marketed himself the first time he met malik and instead 
it was like a mistake on the guy's part. And then Deke does that like fast talking, like, no, I'm a salesman, toasters. And then Malik kills that one guy. And then Deke realizes, oh, I got to change tactics and called him Freddy. And that's just that moment. That was good. I have a question. Did toasters exist then? I had to think about that. Yes. Did they? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. When did <laughs> toasters? Well, there was the chrome. I think there were chrome toasters in the 50s. I think that's where it originated from. Was this? Oh, yeah, this was the 50s. It's that's 1955. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, it's 55. I don't know. I felt like I guess with the whole um, delivery method, I felt like it was early earlier than that. But yeah, you're probably right. The first electric toaster was invented in 1893. So I'm sure the technology <laughs> okay. developed to the point where, yeah. W were there toaster salespeople then? <laughs> That's the question. There definitely were encyclopedia <laughs> salesmen at some point. So there were door-to-door -door salesmen all the time. Matter of yep. fact, uh, I've even been approached, and it's been a few years, by a Kirby vacuum door-to-door -door salesman. Yeah, that was, yeah, good times. Okay. Michelle, you mentioned the whole Deke fast talking thing, or, or that was SP, I think. Uh, uh, was the chemistry between Yo-Yo and Deke at the beginning not the total opposite of that, where it was just this weird sort of chemistry, but he seemed more composed and more part of himself, or, or, or sorry, more part of the team, less himself? Part of it with Deke is we've seen very few moments of his character development a lot of his character development happened off screen like when he formed his company like he went on walkabout you know he left lemons on daisy's bed she didn't understand what that meant so he took some zima and went on walkabout and stole tech and ended up having a girlfriend so a lot of that development he did state that i'm not the person you met before and we have to believe it because we didn't see it and I think that's the issue. That's a good point. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. I think the real big thing here is he's agreeing that in the future, he will change history. We have to remember that. He has gone over to the dark side. He was staunchly against it at first. And then Daisy ordered him to do something. He didn't want to do it. Mac ordered him not to do it. But he's like, well, maybe Mac didn't have all the information. So he was going to kill Malik. And then he didn't. And then they went back to the Zephyr. He got yelled at and he took it to Daisy and he said, don't ever do that to me again because he didn't like to cross Mac. And now he's thinking they've gone into the future. They've seen a few things of what happened. Now he's thinking, well, maybe that's not so bad to change the past like that because of all the people that Malik ended up killing. And now he's face to face with Malik and barely came out alive. I think he's going to think twice about stuff in the future so i think that's an important moment in the car with yo-yo that's a really interesting perspective that i didn't think about that deke would have the fact that he is living a changed world and a changed timeline these other people aren't really because they jumped from this time to the future so he has this perspective and so when he's faced with the decision of changing the timeline again for the better there's probably less resistance there than some of the other members on the team. We'll see what happens with Deke. I'm sure he's with the team, so we'll see what happens next time. Of course, he's, you know, eating his vegetables and, you know, he's looking <laughs> pretty good. So time's good to Deke. As somebody else that time would have been extremely good with is if that woman who is taking on Sousa in the train was Bridget Reagan. It turns out it wasn't. It was the character. I had to go to IMDb. Character's name is Lana, although I don't think it was said on screen. And her name, it was Stephanie Drapo, looked remarkably like Bridget Reagan on screen. And multiple people that watched the episode brought it up that it might have been Bridget Reagan. And I looked immediately into the IMDb credits when I saw it. And I was like, nope, it's not Bridget Reagan. It was Stephanie Drapo. And she has a pretty cool IMDb credits. There was one series that she was in. I forget what it was, but it, it wasn't very popular. But she's been a character actor in several different things. So I think she played it really good. I think she, her acting was good, despite what Sousa said. So I hope we see her in the future in other genre stuff. 
That train moment was such a good moment for the Sousa character. The fact that you think he's about to get one pulled over on him and then he leans in and he, he basically says, I know what's going on here and he's ready for action. It just goes to show because he was interesting on Agent Carter because given it was a series around Agent Carter, he always had to play second fiddle, but you always knew that he was a very wise character. He did have all of his ducks in a row. You could tell he was sharp, but you never, I think, really got to see his potential because, again, on the series, you always kind of play second fiddle to the main character. And so seeing him and seeing how good of an agent he was, it was a highlight for me from this episode. Indeed. I thought they might create another LMD and that LMD would have been the one that ended up in the pool as I was watching the episode. But I was glad that they didn't go through that because that would have entailed Simmons creating another LMD using Chromacon technology. And I have no idea how long it took to create Colson to begin with. So yeah, I'm just glad it has turned out the way it is. Now, this kind of sets up something that I poo-pooed last time, which was there is a possibility that the Whedons, Marissa Tankeron and Whedon's brother, close that Avengers loop with the actor. It's possible now. He's going into the future. Now, he was in Avengers, the actor, as a cop. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are we going to see that scene? Or at least that possibility of him being a cop in New York City during Avengers. Why would he be a cop? No idea. Yeah, I know. But, you know, there are a lot of times when actors get cast in like the same universe. It's okay. It, it Maybe, I don't know, it was his brother's great-great-grandson. He just happens to look like his great-great-great-uncle. I don't know. I'm fine with, to me, it's not a whole. It's just a casting thing. It's a Hollywood thing. It's not really a hole for me. The other thing that makes me think it's a possibility is they brought up Coulson's death, which also happened in Avengers. I think this is the first time that they've mentioned it, that his sacrifice was for the Avengers in this series. Right, Steven? I was I was blown away. I, I thought it took us to the end, the final season to get a mention of this. And uh, I liked it. I thought that that was a a nice note to have in there, but I agree with you. I think it's a setup for something that it's really out of the rest of the norm. And it's a big thing to suddenly drop there. I think it's going somewhere. I don't know if it's going to where you, you were hypothesizing it is, but I think it's going somewhere. And we'll see. I mean, the door's open at this point. I really poo pooed it last week. I was like, they have no interest whatsoever in trying to close any sort of loop with the MCU. It's as how the MCU treated everybody. But then I thought, As I was watching this episode, now, wait a minute, Joss Whedon did the Avengers. His brother is doing this series. Uh, It's a link that I wasn't taking into account last time. The other thing that I brought up before is there were three motorcycles in the back of the Zephyr when they started. So I think Fitz knew that they were going to need three motorcycles. Well, they used one. It was for Sousa's escape from the Zephyr, or at least his destiny, whatever. I think Fitz knows that they're going to use two other motorcycles as they go forward. And that's the reason that there were three motorcycles in the back of the Zephyr. There is something very mysterious about Fitzsimmons and what's going on there. We've had, we had uh, Simmons say it's been a very long time or something like that. And I agree. I think there is a bigger strategy to what's going on than we've seen. And we have not seen Fitz. I didn't hear anything about his inability to film anything when the season was ongoing. Although, I mean, he might have been involved in another project or something like that. But we're four episodes in and we have not seen Fitz. I wonder, could he be... We we saw the Chronicoms have basically like an oracle. I wonder if Fitz could be our counterpoint to their oracle. That's right. We saw the uh, the visionary last episode in the room that we all. Okay, Stephen. So we were talking about this last episode. The room in the last episode that was the Chromacon ship was just all the white tiles and everything. What did that remind you in the sci-fi genre of? I don't know that it reminded me of anything in particular. Uh, I'm sure you'll say it and I'll go, yeah, I see that. Oh, you know what? The Matrix. Okay. Because wasn't there? Uh, there was a whole. 
Yeah, the Matrix. Yeah, the, the whole white room in the Matrix. Yeah. So Lauren brought up the Matrix. Michelle, you brought up 2001. I brought up some sort of heavenly thing or a Star Trek hologram room. That's a good one, too. All I know is that there was not four lights. There you go. I crossed the streams. Four lights. <laughs> so this week we have an interesting time spending because not only is Enoch left feeling lonely, but there's a Chromicon that is helping Hydra. I'm wondering if the two are going to meet along the way or if the two play cat and mouse for a decade or, or whatever. Maybe we end up with another Koenig. I don't know. The fact that there's a Chromicon that was left behind specifically to help Malik, I think is going to bend history in a way that it shouldn't have gone. So I don't know what to think. I, I don't know what to think with the timeline, because if it was not for the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was left in the last movie, I would say that there was really two options. Number one. They're going to mess it all up and have to fix it. Or number two, the mess up is going to turn out to be what caused the events that we saw, like how Hydra got so embedded in and things like that. But because we've established that there's different forks in the road in the Marvel Universe and that they don't actually affect each other and things like that, I'm completely confused of where this is going to go now that that there is a Chronicom there. There is that whole idea of time travel where things happened because they've already happened so hydra like we saw the result of a chromicon being left behind because that's what happened and it always has to happen there's that school of time theory yeah they've made such a this is why i don't like time travel <laughs> i have stated it so many times why i don't like time travel I don't like how Endgame handled time travel. I don't. I get, though, that now that's where we're probably going to see some of these spinoffs and things like that. But I want this to go another way. I want them to completely destroy the Endgame time travel theory so we can just be even more confused about what is true, what is not true, what? And just make, make us uh, head scratch a little more at the time travel in Endgame. Trying to remember, Jeff Loeb went on record at one point in time and he said that like season five, six, seven took place either right before or right after Infinity War. And I think it was right before Infinity War. And there's no mention so far of Infinity War Endgame and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I don't know if it's the same universe or not. I don't know if they're going to create an entirely different branch. Yeah, they haven't been back. Season five ended before, like, they talked about the events in New York or, or something like that. Like, they were talking about, like, it was building like, up to yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. building up to it. Then they get sent to the future. They really haven't spent enough time because then they had Sarge and stuff. So I don't know if they've just haven't really had time or they're in, I don't know. Other than the time travel, because it's not they've kind of broken their own time travel rules. So, okay. Other than the time travel, the season is actually pretty cool because you have the time travel. You get the whole Sousa into the team, which is great. So you have part of agent Carter, which is being drawn forward. You get some evolving character moments. You got Enoch, you got May, you got Colson dealing with the sort of stuff. Quake still being a, a bad person. Uh, you know, I want to say that oh, I'll say it. It, Quake still being a badass when needed but it's not focusing on daisy yet probably will in the future we still need to find out what's going on with yo-yo she said she couldn't use her powers again in the house i think we need to evolve that like is her powers gone forever like, this could be the show's way of just forgetting about all inhumans but that would be hard to do because daisy can still do quake stuff so probably not i don't know Nine episodes, we'll see what's left. What are you most looking forward to in the next nine episodes, Michelle? I'm looking forward to, here's the thing, I want them to stick the landing, and part of it is having time travel rules and sticking to them. Even if it's just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time travel rules, I want them to stick to it, because now Max seems to be like, let's make waves, you know, let's go ahead and save Sousa. 
which is like, that's freaking a rule. Wait, I want the rule breaking to make sense and for it to stick the landing. Here's the thing. The season finale for season five was amazing for, you know, we, we thought the show was going to be canceled and it's like, it was canceled. It stuck the landing. It was great. So now they're competing with that. And I really, I want them to stick the landing. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking for all these little threads to come back together and we get our team and we stick the landing. It's an interesting conundrum because the series was supposed to be ended at season five. And I think they stuck the landing with the episode, the end, the last episode of season five. But this is a situation that's a lot like Stargate SG one, where they stuck the landing at the end of season eight. And yet they had two more seasons that they had to fill once the order for the, the story came through and they had to create the whole Ori storyline. They had to go get, well, I guess that was season seven that they did the whole Atlantis thing in Stargate SG one. But the point I'm trying to make is they stuck the landing at season eight and yet they went ahead with more Stargate SG one. They stuck the landing for agents of shield at the end of season five. They got their bonus packs as they're calling it. I don't necessarily know if they absolutely need to stick the landing for the entire series at the end of this season or just stick the landing for the season. People remember your show, how it ended. How many of us are still talking about the black screen of The Sopranos? How many of us are still talking about Lost and the Blue Horn? Oh, See, I just, I didn't even say the show. You I didn't. just, I, <laughs> oh. I didn't have to because that's how powerful, you know, I still remember the last episode of Buffy where she got the ax and she made, she just, why should this be one slayer? Just let them all happen. It's true. People, the ending of Battlestar Galactica, people still talk about that. People, you know, remember your show, how it ends, even Steinfeld all these years later. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that there is concerns on how they are going to stick the landing. That it, That is what I'm looking forward to, is seeing how these all hopefully come together. Because there have been, in my opinion, so far this season, a lot of just quick moments that they've brushed over that shouldn't have been brushed over. And it becomes a little bit more acceptable if those led to something and we're getting to a final like, oh, this is just a cool way that those all intertwine to wrap up. I'm curious whether we're going to get that or not. But if we don't get that, I'll say that I'm looking forward to seeing more Black Bolt. <laughs> I think this whole <laughs> series has been ramping up to bring back Adrian Palicki in the season finale and then reintroducing her back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, that would be so nice, but I don't believe it. Marvel did get renewed for season three, so. <gasps> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Orville. <laughs> I, I love it. I hate it. It's, it's a mixed bag. Uh, and Adrian Blicky found her husband on the show, too. So, Which, in the time that it's been on hiatus... I believe they, they've split apart and got back together Had in between the highest between season two and season three. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So next week, we're going to be talking about the fifth episode of the seventh season called A Trout in the Milk. We'll be on Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern at geeks.live. Come join the live chat and talk with us as we record. And we would love to hear from you. And we have heard from some people off line and we're going to talk about that right now i'm going to give a shout out to andy mingna on twitter andy mingna for those that don't know what he's in a different time zone he's on the other side of the planet so he doesn't watch agents of shield with the rest of us i don't even know if it's available to him when it comes out on either East Coast or West Coast time. So the next day, he finds the episode somehow and he live tweets his watch through. And he's always talking back and forth to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter account. He said he said a lot of great things in the past day. And oftentimes, Lauren or Michelle or I will panty back and forth with him. But he said one thing 
that we need to talk about right here. We didn't talk about during the, the regular episode because I wanted to give a shout out to Andy Migna for not only communicating with us so much on Twitter, but also bringing this up. He said in a tweet, hashtag agents of shield, anyone else getting a hashtag Archer dreamland vibe? Michelle, what'd you think? Oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know. I gotcha. And I can't remember what season Archer spy. It's just like at the beginning, he's doing something and he gets shot and then he lands face first in the pool. Get that's just like that's how this episode began. That's how Sunset Boulevard begins. And then the next season, it takes place, it basically is like that noir season. He's a hard boiled gumshoe. We got the femme fatale. We've got like the corrupt police. We've got it's that whole vibe and such. So I know. So Andy Migna, I gotcha. I definitely felt a little bit of Archer when I was watching it. Uh, Steven, have you ever watched Archer on FX? Uh, are we talking Arrow? That type of Archer? Because that's the only Archer I've ever watched. No. No, we're talking about Sterling <laughs> Archer. It's it's um, adult. So for those of you listening to this podcast with kids, it's I mean, it's on TV. It's on FX, but it's adult. So I wouldn't want to watch it with kids. It's animation and uh, it is hilarious i've never laughed so much at something and they've done a hilarious job of bringing forth a lot of like the the cartoon and sci-fi stuff that go back to like my youth and my teen years and stuff they did a a whole episode on like c lab and uh yeah it's fun that and venture brothers have and venture brothers is i think way more not appropriate for kids than uh archer but yeah i did get an archer vibe for this so any migna Thanks for the reminder and thanks for all the tweets back and forth with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the tweets. We appreciate all of the uh, conversation on discord. And uh, we just look forward to talking with everybody about this episode in the next week. I saw somebody named Suncast compare it to timeless. I've not seen timeless. Hmm. You have the SP, right? I haven't seen the final season. So the final season was taken off of broadcast TV and I had it set on my DVR. It is on NBC streaming, which I guess is the Peacock network. Now I think it, the last season should be available there. I just haven't had a chance to watch it with watching all the CW shows. And thanks for the reminder. I do have an opening right now, so I will probably stream that last season. I've heard it isn't the best work that they did, but they did from what I heard close off the storylines now, Timeless was an NBC show, and it was about going back and fixing history that somebody is trying to change for their advantage. You know, you can argue Back to the Future, who really was the villain and all that. Was Biff really the villain, or was Doc Brown really the villain? I've, I've heard that argument before. Uh, with Timeless, you had that sort of thing going on, and, and you have that same thing going on here. I don't know in season three of Timeless if they just went forward or if they just kept on going back and forth. There was two time ships that were competing and unfortunately I've discovered that I am not a big fan of the current era NBC genre shows like sci-fi shows and whatever. I just, I don't think they're as well done as something that you can get on streaming like lost in space or alter carbon or any of the other streaming shows that are sci-fi oriented expanse. Uh, so I don't know if NBC or sci-fi for that matter is ever going to be able to compete. I think timeless should have really been on sci-fi network, but you know, whatever NBC had a time slot they had to fill. I agree. I think a lot of these sort of sci-fi type shows on network television have been, ha- have struggled. Revolution was one that comes <sighs> to mind on NBC and it started out so good. It started out so good and then it just faded so quickly. Nan nights. Really? Come on. I watched until that point and then I, I debated on not watching it. Actually, I did not watch it for a while, but it kept on piling up on my DPR and I just didn't uh, delete it. So I was on the treadmill at certain times and I watched it all the way through. As a completionist, uh, it was my cape. Uh, I'll readily, that and Heroes, also on NBC. Are you plugging NBC? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Actually, I. 
Well, Sci-Fi Network is an NBC Universal property, and I will not watch anything on NBC or, or a Sci-Fi anymore because uh, I I just don't believe they treat shows well. Once they canceled Dark Matter, I, I it, that was the Sci-Fi show. Why did Why did you can't because of Killjoys? I know Suncast, who's also a listener. I know he likes Killjoys more than Dark Matter, but most people that were watching Sci-Fi, not to say it's right or wrong, but most people thought Dark Matter was better than killjoys and now i don't think sci-fi has anything on it that's science fiction related i went to go look at their lineup a few months ago and i didn't recognize anything so i'm glad i i've sworn off sci-fi channel and i've transitioned my watching habits to better shows that i can find on streaming networks like netflix or prime or hbo whatever it's called now geeks.live that too all right, so with that feedback, what we're going to do is Michelle and I are going to steal the two motorcycles left on the Zephyr. We're going to put in for our Geico insurance, and we're going to get on out of here. You're going to leave me behind? Yep. Either that, Stephen, or you can uh, ride on the back of Michelle's motorcycle. I would let I would hop on my bike, Stephen. I just have to say, I've always wanted to learn how to bartend, and hey, if Enoch can do it, I can, right? I don't know. He's pretty. <laughs> he's pretty talented. I want to say thank you to all our listeners and viewers on YouTube. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that, and and thank you for dropping by on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and giving us all our great reviews. Really appreciate reading those as we go forward. So thank you for making the show possible. Hopefully we'll have agent Haley and agent Lauren back next week. Yes. Thank you to everybody. Again, we appreciate every single one of you. Hope you are doing well, wash your hands and Steven, thank you for coming by. And sometimes I just forget how funny you in SPR. Well, thank you for having having me on. I really do appreciate it. And I want to give a thanks to this podcast here. The uh, I got to think about it to not say the wrong one. The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, not the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, because I might have dropped off after episode two this season if it wasn't for y'all. Y'all kept me through. And uh, thank you very much. And I'm glad because three and four have just been a delight for me. They have indeed. Have you gone back, by the way, and watched the season finales of the first six seasons like I recommended that you do? Uh, let's say yes, yeah, but okay. there was time travel involved. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's also a great YouTube synopsis that I've it's been recommended to me several times on YouTube. If you need that, I will send it to you. It was not done by Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., though. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm executive consultant, Stephen, and my consulting fee is in the mail, SP. I'll give you the same consulting fee that you give me on Guinea Geek. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Yeah. Hello, hello. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, neighbor. Jeez, I can't do that. <coughs> wow. It's not advised. Used to be able to do it all the time. I just ate some nuts, so it kind of got caught in my throat when I was doing it. Well, that's not good. Don't be doing that. <sighs> nope, nope, nope. Alrighty.
So I'm listening to Daily Tech News uh, show, I think is the S stands for. And it's really, it's, it's cool because Tom starts it off with a recording of him saying, here we go, in three, two, and that's how he starts it. And it's to ensure, I, amongst other things, probably to quiet down the co-hosts and stuff because they can get kind of boisterous in their pre-show, which is also recorded on a companion show that they call Good Day Internet. And that's set out in a different feed for Patreon supporters and stuff. So there's that, but there's also the point of making sure his soundboard works before they start off. And it's like, hmm, once he gave that explanation, because I was wondering why he did it. I thought it was him literally saying, here we go, in three, two, until he was talking over himself at one point. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay. It came out that he did it to make sure his soundboard works. I'm like, hey, that's actually not a bad idea. So I might do something like that. Some start, kick it off to make sure it works before the cold opening. But I I don't have anything today. OBKB. Herby Ruby. Steven asked if he should connect now, and I said, yes. Now. He should be coming soon. Now. No, now. (laughs) Now. Now. Do you mean now, or do you mean now, now? (laughs) (laughs) It's probably whenever. I I told him nine, so he might be still getting ready. Oh, just remember that part of Spaceballs. Yeah. What are we watching? We're watching now, sir. Now? No, then. Then now? It's been a while since I've seen Spaceballs. So I finished the part one of the Battlestar Galactica miniseries that was in December 8th, 2003 on my VHS tape. And the very next tape I picked up, and this is actually incredible because I've got hundreds of VHS tapes. So the very next VHS tape I picked up happened to be part two. So I put that in and started watching it. Um, remember, this was limited commercials. The entire time before the first commercial in both was about 20 minutes, which is pretty good. So I got to watch the first about 40 minutes of the tape. And I'm watching the commercials, too. And it's really funny <laughs> watching the commercials. There was an AOL 9.0 commercial. Oh, God. With Jerry Stiller. Oh, my goodness. And the people that had been receiving the discs made the disc into this fish wall mount. They said, oh, the new disc is here. Oh, great. They got all excited because they could finish their fish and they put it on the wall. And Jerry Stiller comes on and said, oh, no, no, no. 9.0 is really, really good. It's got all these great reviews and everything. And they scrolled on the screen and they were pointing at him and reading him as they came up and stuff. So I was looking at that going, wow, 2003 AOL. Yeah. God, 17 years ago. Uh. But I'm wondering what I'm going to do with these. I might, since I have a cap, an HDMI capture thing, if I can actually get it through all the wickets to the point where I can uh, record it on the capture device, then I probably will. And then I might sell those on eBay just to get them out of here. Rather than throw them away. Because somebody might want the actual recording from December of 2003. It's VHS, so it's degraded quality. But I did do it on SL, so it's in the best VHS quality that it can be. (laughs) Which is not saying much. So you had to buy more tape. I bought two tapes specifically for that. It was the first use out of both of them. And I actually labeled, I didn't believe the label when I put it in because I've used tapes over before, but on the label was Battlestar Galactica 12-8-2003 miniseries, 12-9-2003 miniseries. And I did, I didn't believe the second one either. I thought, oh. Wow. And now I've got, I've got all the DVDs, so no big deal there. Plus they're all available streaming now. So matter of fact, I believe didn't sci-fi stream them for free about a year ago or a few months ago or something like that. Something. No, Steven's in the waiting room. He found us. AMC's opening back up. 
on July 10th or so, right? 15th. 15th. Should I let Steven in? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Doesn't even have his headphones in. All right. No, he's giving me the finger right now. You can't see him, but he's giving me the finger. And he gave it to me again. Can you hear me? Yes. See, I knew Michelle couldn't see me, so I was happy to flip the bird. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah. Well, it worked out. I'm glad it, I'm glad we could uh we could do this. So So this is a momentous occasion. Not only do we have Steven on board tonight, but today marks the start of the 30th SD card Ooh. that I have used. Really? They're all 64 gigabyte. They're all labeled 1 through 29, and then I labeled 30 before I popped it in. But yep. For this wow. podcast or just in general? Just in general. All of my recordings that I've kept since I started keeping the cards, because I think there was a couple months went by that I reused the same card and I thought, eh, it's a good backup, sort of, kind of, not to be relied upon, but it has saved my bacon. So you're a bacon. Yeah. At the time. Thanks for was, having me on too, by the way. I didn't say that. No, this is, no, this is great. I'm excited. You're actually, it was, uh, it's good. I don't know. The 14th or 15th person I asked. That's okay. Uh, as long as I, I wasn't 16th or 17th. <laughs> Might have been. I stopped counting after a while. <laughs> uh. But we'll just keep on going with that. And then I will say it's a bit weird when we have a guest on, but I will say when we get to the end of the contact stuff, I'll, I'll say welcome to the show so you can have a little bit more to say at that time. Sounds good. Is that where I have to profess my love for you? Is that the right time? Or? I think that's just standard I'm, because... i was talking to michelle by the way not you so oh. <laughs> well you know it's been quite a week so i'm not gonna force you just <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of anything else that i missed danny 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 that's me it's okay do it so one more michelle Maybe it's this one. Cool podcast host. Walk away from <laughs> explosions. I have a few. How <laughs> much? A few. Oh, there is one more. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yeah, forget that one. I should play that after the Danny, Danny, Danny. No, no, because <laughs> no. Because that was about, I know exactly what that was about. That was about Jason Momoa and Aquaman. Oh, is that on Starling Tribune? Not here? Yeah. Okay. I, d I didn't, in the early days, I didn't write down what episode they were from. Now I do that in the title. I'm pretty sure that's what, it, that pretty darn sure that that's why I, because, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Jason Momoa. What the heck? Yeah. I'd cross the street for Jason Momoa. He'd probably kick me in the balls, but, you know, yeah. Have you seen those Star Trek gender swap yes going oh around right God. now can i just say that troy looks amazing as a woman or a man she she the swap is is really good for her too the amount of people that are attracted to <laughs> will shatner yeah. is 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 amazing <laughs> like okay yep i still like it it's good right now it's the best thing on tv obviously but we have very different tv tastes very different. Well, is there anything else on TV that you're watching that's new? Uh, she's got lots of new stuff because TLC has apparently a backlog of content and she watches a lot of that. Okay. If we don't have a series that we're watching on Netflix or something, I'm just like, I just watch your show. I'll, I'll eat. And then as soon as I'm done eating, I do something else. <laughs> you're still watching Kate Plus 8? I don't even know what it is that she watches. I think this is one of those fiance shows. Um, oh, God. A 90 day fiance. I don't thing. know because they're all the same, Michelle. So it's just like, <laughs> I know. Like, I, I catch little pieces and, and then it'll be like, oh, okay. So I guess they got together since last time or, you know, like they broke up or whatever. Cause I, I just, I, I honestly eat and don't pay attention. <laughs> so Bachelor started doing like the greatest of all time. It's a three hour cut show that's on Monday nights. Really? 
they bring on well gosh what's chris harrison is that his name the host he's got his son who just graduated from high school doing all the camera work and and lights and everything for him uh, so he's doing it in a studio but then i'm pretty sure they're using zoom i could be mistaken about that uh but they're using zoom to actually bring in former participants on the show and stuff like that it's amazing to me where they like draw the line of how much they're going to put into the production of a show like the survivor finale because we watched survivor together the survivor finale they ship Jeff Probst a, a set for him to unpack and put together himself. He briefly talked about it, how him and I think it was his son built it in his garage so that he had this, this like survivor-ish backdrop that's kind of like they'd usually be. Did they he brought, have the torches going off inside I, his garage? I don't know if there were. There might have been torches. There might have been. But it was, it was pretty like I was pretty impressed with what they did. I think he had commented that they had a good camera there. But then they didn't give him a good mic, so he was super echoey. Even Krista commented on it. She's like, oh, there's a lot of echo. <laughs> it's like, so you draw the line of the lav mic? That, that's the line. Okay. <sighs> uh, yeah, who was it? Um, oh, Mike Rowe on Deadliest Catch. They finally got him up to decent quality <laughs> now. But, I mean, he's got one of the best podcasting voices and voiceover voices around. Mm-hmm. And he sounded like, oh my gosh, it was so bad. And, he, and his camera was bad. It was, it was like he was using his 10-year-old laptop uh, webcam, integrated webcam. So, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad we, we don't have to deal with that on, the, on, on any of our shows. Wow. It's really interesting. Because I know I get, like, with my work and stuff, they're like, wow, you look so good and you sound like, what? How? It's like, well, I podcast for a hobby. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there were lanterns. Lantern. So, well, there was lanterns. So. Probably safer for in the garage. <laughs> wow. But, but he still uh, sounded like crap, huh? Yeah. So th- I think they were using, you see a little, ear, I don't know if you can see, there's a little earpiece that he's got there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's what, actually, he might have commented that's what they were using. But you can see, like, the video quality looks good. Look at this, this set they gave him. But there's no lav mic. Oh, you can't see my mouse. I'm uh, moving my mouse right now. There it is. So there's no lav mic. It's this. I think that's what he was using. That little earpiece. Well, what's that on in the left side of his face? Is that a a, a wire mark? Uh, Which uh, this? No, 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 no. Um, go right. It's his left. My right. There's a little black thing on his dimple. Is that there's a that mic? Sh- I think that's just his, that light on uh, okay. dimple. I thought yeah. it was one oh, of no. those uh, telemarketing. No. See, this just proves that people in uh, video production think that video is king. And you have to look good, especially on network TV. But no, it's really the sound. I was so used to, because this was weeks after everybody started, right? Yeah. And so I was so used to it. I was just thrown off when my wife commented on it, because she actually commented on the audio. Yeah, and I I stream... And I've been streaming on Twitch with various people for a year. And we've all learned people will drop out if they can't hear you. You can look great, but people will, even though you're playing a game and stuff, they still, they need to hear you because they need to hear what your character's saying. They need to hear what the dice roll, you know, like what the result is and such. People who do still things, but have a good audio have better than just like been people. I have stopped watching streams. It's like, I can't hear you know, one person's really low, another person's really scratchy, and another person's really loud, and it's just like, I can't. Yep. I can't. Yep. So glad we put all those years of effort and work into yeah. <laughs> for this very moment in time. People can hear us from home. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.